When this boy meets girl, this boy meets world. When this girl meets boy, meets boy, meets Hello class, open up your textbooks to Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World Season 7, Episode 6, Chapter Titled... They're Killing Us. They are. I'm Alden. I'm Tanya. I'm the boy. I'm the girl. And I feel deja vu-ish. How so? Because um, we do this every week? Well, well, also because we do, we talk about Corinne Topanga's wedding every week. Oh, that's true. Um... Will they, won't they? I don't think that's how the will they, won't they is supposed to work. <laughs> no, but I mean, at this point, they can't do will they, won't they be together. Like, they did that way too much. So the will they, won't they have a wedding is the next step. Mm. Um, Tanya. Yes. Um, how, oh, here we go. Let's, uh, let's blow this shit off the hinges from the start. Okay. Do you, did you ever... Have second thoughts about getting married to me? Absolutely not. All right. Well, that's a boring answer. <laughs> I'm doesn't, sorry. Doesn't I, serve for much podcast fodder. After we had lived together for a billion years, it wasn't. It wasn't anything that crossed my mind as negative. Did you? No. No, I was just hoping you did, just for this moment. I would feel bad about it later, but right now it'd be good for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't much else in this episode to really ask you about. Um, did you ever, do you ever wish that you had had like a big wedding? I think I've covered this quite a few yeah, times on this show. I do not like ceremony. I especially don't like weddings. All right. What have you been watching? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I want to get into that right now. Um, I've been watching Euphoria. At the request of our daughter, because she and her friends are obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I watched the first season, and there are characters I love, like that I genuinely like. I want to see their story unfold, but this happens with like every HBO show that's hard to watch. Is they make you fall in love with like. Four characters hate all of the other characters and have to watch penises everywhere all the time. They're just everywhere. It's crazy how many penises are in this show. It's just like, boom, there's a penis. Boom, there's another penis. They're just everywhere in euphoria. It's very, it's not very euphoric. Um, but I like Rue. I love Zendaya. And I like a lot of the other characters. And that's what I've been watching, Euphoria. I'm going to be really, really happy to not watch it anymore. Okay. What have you? I mean, you haven't been watching anything. I haven't what have you been doing? Anything because I've been playing video games like it's my job. Um, Horizon Forbidden West came out last week. And I'm a huge Horizon fan, Horizon Zero Dawn fan, so I had to play this. Um, I was going to wait until after Elden Ring, but I just, I wanted to cram it in before Elden Ring came out. Elden Ring has now come out and has consumed my brain. Yeah. 
Um, hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of his brain. Yeah, no. So we got a leak Thursday night, and I missed D&D. And then I spent all day Friday trying to fix it. Uh, even though Elden Ring had come out, I didn't really get a chance to play it Friday. And then Saturday, I spent the morning trying to fix it. Um, and then just gave up. Because uh, after I fixed it, it turned out that our old our old pipes... Uh, while I was fixing it, broke in a couple other places and started leaking there. So I had to call a plumber. Uh, and thus began my lay in bed and play Elden Ring for 17 hours straight. Because he earned it. Because I earned it by not fixing our house. Uh, by trying to for hours <laughs> and hours and hours. You was, definitely earned it. I was so mad. Um, but no, I, I started playing Elden Ring and that is going to... Definitely rank among my favorite games of all time, I think. Um, we'll see. But I mean, if only for the jellyfish. If only for the jellyfish that I don't really use. I just, but, it's so beautiful. Um, no, if, if uh, I, I recommend that game wholeheartedly. Um, everybody I know is playing it right now, so you probably don't need me to talk about it. Uh, it's super awesome. It's, I mean, it's, it's a Dark Souls game, basically, so it's really difficult. So you heard it here. Don't just get it because you want a video game to play. It's going to be tough as long as so I uh, a lot of people talk about how stressed they get out get playing these games. Um, and I kind of did a check. So I got a uh, fitness band last week that measures my heart rate. So I just kind of kept an eye on it. And I realized that while I'm playing this game and I'm dying and getting frustrated and whatever, my heart rate goes down. So like, I think. That's the kind of person you have to be <laughs> where you're like, you don't get super worked up about dying and Yeah, losing. see, I couldn't do that. Right. But I can watch you and see the beautiful scenery mm -hmm. and the cool creatures. The bosses are like crazy. Mm -hmm. um, and the jellyfish. Yeah. I really care about that jellyfish. So you heard it here. Don't watch Euphoria. Do play Elden Ring. Yes. Yeah, definitely don't watch Euphoria. It looks awful. Like not you, not awful, awful, but like because uh, Zendaya, Zendaya is a is an amazing actress. Like I wholeheartedly agree with that. Uh, but that doesn't make the show she's in good. Like it's stressful and awful, and everybody's gross and bad and not uh, wholesome at all. I so like I told Aubrey. That I would finish watching it if she would watch Sex Education. Because if she's going to watch something that has, like, all that content in it anyway, she could learn something from Sex Education. It's got so much heart. It's got so right. much, like, compassion and good relationship, like, friendship advice. Like, it's just so good. Like, right. at its core, it's, it's all about goodness. So... Yeah, they, they they are the two opposite ends of the spectrum, those two shows. Yeah. And I, I think Sex Education is a great show. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, Euphoria, it's tough. Because, and I was trying to explain this to Aubrey yesterday. There are shows that are easy to connect to because they take every bit of trauma that you can experience mm -hmm. and every different negative milestone mm -hmm. that a teenager experiences. They take everybody's um, experiences 
and put it on 10 characters. Right. So, like, the population of America, they take everyone's experiences and then they put them on 10 characters to experience in front of your eyes for eight shows a season. And it's too much. That stuff would be too much for, like, one person to bear. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and and it's, it's while it's not necessarily unrealistic in the scope of things, because the things that everyone is going through are real things that people go through, it's unrealistic in the fact that, like, one friend group of, like, ten people would be experiencing all of this horror. I don't know. I could be wrong. I It's definitely gritty and it's definitely tough, but I was in a really rough friend group at that age and experienced a, a lot of bad stuff. Not nearly as much stuff as that. Right. So, I don't know. It's like unrealistic realistic right like but like if you if you look at everybody you've known in your life or at least if i look at everybody i know i've known in my life i know somebody who's gone through all of these things Mm -hmm. right but all like that's out of hundreds of people that i've known right not the same group of high school kids right and so it's definitely unfortunately more marketable to teenagers Mm -hmm. like it's more marketable to like aubrey's age and caden's age but the content is very adult right and and i i you know i've talked to aubrey before about like you are of an age you need to learn good judgment with what you watch if something is going to affect you negatively you need to learn to turn it off or whatever so um like i wouldn't tell her no you can't watch that show because like it's time for her to start using judgment on what right. she's watching but i have talked to her about my concern that people that we know would watch this show and think that that's the way they're supposed to carry themselves right. and, and i i behave. think yeah i think the show uh i wouldn't say glorifies it, it, but it is it is a form of trauma porn. Like it is just like Absolutely. look at all this awful stuff. Don't you just feel bad about this awful stuff? Look how cool they are though while they're dealing with it. It's like thirteen reasons why with full nudity and and um, uh, a cool soundtrack. It does have a cool soundtrack. Yeah, sure. Like there were songs that were playing that I was super into. There was a JID yeah. song playing. I've never heard JID on a TV show. I. So, back when I was younger, like, Skins was the show. Like, Skins was, like, the gritty teen drama. And it definitely dealt with a lot of stuff, but it wasn't quite like this. No, and even that was a little bit much. It could be, yeah. So, to turn that up, like, 150% is terrible, I think. Uh, I mean... I don't know. I, I, I don't have, I don't see, I haven't watched the show. I haven't watched it, watched it. I've seen clips of it. I've seen parts of it over your shoulder while you're watching it. Um, I've looked over and seen the screen. I've listened to the, to what people are saying. Uh, and I know what a lot of people who watch it say about it. And I, I just, I don't see anything redeeming about it really. Um, I, I'm sure there are characters that you love, but that doesn't make it 
good for your brain. Like, I feel like it's a bad show to have in your headspace. Yeah, I can see that. I think that the one of the positives that I take from it is, one, trans representation is incredible in that show. Um, the girl who plays Jules is a trans girl whose father is a Presbyterian minister who rallies um, in support of trans rights and that that whole thing like in real life yeah but um but the trans representation is incredible and and then the you know you don't know what people are going through that are causing you know these situations is always good to see but yeah but we should be getting trans representation in normal media we, it, oh, it doesn't need to be uh um shoehorned into a trauma porn show because it's a uh a hot topic well i think that's what why I think it's good representation, because it's not even brought up. Okay. Um, It's just who she is. Like, oh. she, it's not, there's nothing that happens to her negatively because she's trans. Like, it, that, like, it, it, in fact, like, one of Aubrey's friends didn't even know that she was trans until, like, the second season. Because it's not like, ooh, there's Jules, she's trans. Like, it never happens that way. Right. So that, I think that's what I meant by it. it's like really good representation in just like, this is a girl that is new in town and she's integrated into this friend group. Um, and and so I, I like that aspect of it. But yeah, um, anyway, we've talked way too long about a show that does not deserve this much time. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um you know what else we watched? <laughs> what did we watch? Boy Meets World, Season 7, Episode 6, Chapter Titled. They're Killing Us. Can you go ahead and blurb me up, dear? What do you know? The blurb for this week is, Corey and Topanga have second thoughts about their wedding. No, you're supposed to be reading a new one, not one of the ones we've done before. Oh, let me just scroll through all my notes and find today's... Nope, that's that's the one. I know it matches... I know it matches, like, two weeks ago... And two weeks before that. And a month before that. And a year before that. Yeah. Um, anyway, this episode was directed by William Russ. Oh. And it was written by David Brownfield. Who? I don't know. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, where do we start, Tanya? Do we start in the classroom? Uh, We do not. We start in a place where we're not quite sure that we're... Like, where we're at, it's got, like, a black background, and they're, like, sitting... It looked like they were giving an interview. Yeah. Um, or talking to a therapist. Something. And it was Corey and Topanga. Um, and they start talking about the stress that they're under trying to plan this wedding. Getting married is going to be so difficult. And then we immediately cut to the apartment. The girls-ish apartment. Right. Topanga is sitting... Looking at a wedding dress catalog, and then she's like, come on, I can't wait to see you guys come out here. And you see Rachel and Angela come out of the curtain room in these God-forsaken, terrible dresses. Yeah, they're they're very, like, little Bo Peep, but all pink. Um, it looks like, so back when I was a kid, there were these cakes that were all the rage where you had like a Barbie on top, like a Barbie body on top, but from the waist down, it was the cake and the cake looked like her big poofy dress. Okay. They looked like those cakes. Okay. So they are, uh, clearly not into these dresses. 
but they're not telling Topanga that. They're just being, like, passive-aggressive and weird about it, but telling her that they love them. But, like, that maybe it's not, like, they, they just can't carry them the way they should be carried, and and they're going through all of this, and then Topanga's like, wait, I need to see my sister, my she's new like sister. crying. Where's... Yeah, she's like, you guys are so beautiful. And so they call Morgan down, and Morgan comes out, and she's pissed. And she immediately looks at Topanga and goes, what are you, psycho? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she comes down the stairs and she's standing with Rachel and Angela and Topanga's just bawling her eyes out. And she's just like, oh, my goodness, this is so amazing. You guys are so beautiful. And Angela says something about like, oh, Angela and Rachel go over to her and they're just like, look, you know, we just think that maybe like we aren't right for the dress. Like it, they look great, but just maybe not on us. And Morgan like rips the dress well first morgan goes uh we look like clowns and uh i rachel Rachel, or angela rachel's Rachel's like cirque cirque du soleil clown like the fancy clowns and morgan goes no like the horn honkin giant shoes clowns and then so we go back to uh, back to the interview or whatever and Topang is just like, oh, it's just, it's such, they're so beautiful. They're such beautiful dresses. But then I guess they didn't like them very much or something like that. And it goes back to the apartment where like Morgan goes, oh, she has a parasol. Topanga mm-hmm. has a parasol. She's like, look, it has a parasol. And Morgan takes the parasol and starts like beating the dress she rips on the her ground. dress off. Yeah. And like, she's wearing like petticoats under the dress, yeah. like real, like old school petticoats. And uh, she starts, like, swinging the the parasol and hitting it. And she's like, die, dress, die, die. And then uh, Rachel and Angela grab her and they're like, shh, it's dead, it's dead, it's dead. It can't hurt you now. (laughs) Um, And then Topanga says, you guys just don't get it. Like, this is for my uh, my theme, my Southern Belle wedding. And Morgan looks at her and goes, you're from from Philadelphia, idiot. (laughs) It was so good because I feel like I've said that to people before, not Philadelphia, but like... I just say it to everybody. I'm like, you're from Philadelphia, idiot. And they're like, I'm from Alabama. Like, the amount of people that I'm like, why do you think you're so country? You're from Woodbridge, Virginia. <laughs> like, right. Um, but then we cut back to the black, black curtain. Um, and the, Topanga is talking about how like, oh, but we just had to have the theme. We have to have a theme. And Corey is like, well, why do we have to have a theme? And she's like, well, it's, it, we, I, I wanted it to be gone with the wind. And Corey's like, oh, that's not really a great theme or whatever. And she's like, well, what would your theme be? And he says, have a nosh with Corey and Topanga. Which sounds great. It sounds amazing. And um, then she starts talking about how like, also, we have a guest list of 270 people. And can only fit 80 at our venue. Yeah. That's only 40 per person. That's 40 for the groom and 40 for the bride. And yeah. And Topanga says, um, but we figure a lot of people won't actually come. And Corey goes, plus the old people have shrunk. Which was funny. Corey actually, like, his comedic timing in this one was really good. Yeah. It, and because it was so, like, s- like centered on them, like, he had so many, like, zingers. 
Zingers. Zingers. So then we go to Chucky's. Yeah. Um, where Corey is behind a newspaper and Topanga's looking at a book. Yeah, and she's like, let's talk about our... Um, honeymoon. Honeymoon. And Corey, like, rips the paper down. And she starts naming... Do you Did you rem- like remember any of this? Like snorkeling in Bermuda. Just, like, a whole bunch of different things that they could do. Like a mountain place, a beachy place, and... And he was like, I don't care about any of that. And she's like, well, I've named plenty of places and you haven't named anything. And Corey goes, that's because you haven't named the one place that I want to go. And she says, okay, where's that? And she gets all excited and he goes, I want to go. What does he say? I want to go there. Yeah. And she's like, oh, so this is all about sex to you? And he's like, okay. Great job, Sherlock. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, I'm I'm starting to think, like, you don't care what we do as long as you get to have sex and consummate the marriage. And he's like, yeah, me and 900,000 other people. And then she says, I'm, I'm starting to wonder if you would be happy just to have a, a honeymoon in any old hotel. And Corey goes, or in the road. <laughs> <laughs> Um, which was very funny. And then somehow it escalates. Super escalates. Like it goes from like, I went from laughing out loud to being like, oh my God, like in two seconds. Yeah. Corey starts, uh, screaming at her like, you owe me. I've been with you for 17 years and I haven't touched nothing. You owe me, which is gross. Yeah. And then Topanga goes, yeah, I do owe you. And Corey's like, and are you going to pay up? And she says, yes. And he says, even if it's in the road? And she says, yes. And he says, and you're going to call me Don Francisco? And she says, what? And he was like, are you going to call me Don Francisco, right? That's what it was. Yeah, and she says, yes. And he goes, yes, what? And she goes, yes, Don Francisco. Um, so we go back to the interview. Yeah, and they're talking about best man and how difficult that's going to be for Corey. And because how- Sean is basically the love of his life. And and Eric's his brother. And then it cuts to Corey talking to Sean in the dorm room. Mm-hmm. And Sean immediately is just like, hey, Corey, I know this is a tough decision for you. I think you should pick Eric. And Corey's just like, what? Like... You're my best friend. You're the best guy in the world. Like, you're so good. Yeah, it cuts to him at the interview-ish thing, and he goes, Sean is the best guy in the world. And then it cuts back to the dorm, and Corey looks at Sean, and he goes, you're the best guy in the world. And um, they sit down on the bed, and Corey's like, you know what's going to happen, right? Like... Eric's going to drop the rings down the reverend's minister's pants. pants Then he's going to dive in after him. uh, And it's going to knock the minister over into the lit candles. And then he's going to light a fire. So he, like, comes up with this terrible scenario. And then the fire department's there. And with axes. And Sean's like, oh. And Corey says, and then my honeymoon, I get nothing. Because Topanga's going to blame me. Yeah, it's going to be my fault. Um, And Sean's like, oh, you're right. I'll be your best man. So Corey says, name one reason why I shouldn't pick you. And then it cuts to Eric going, because I'm bigger and stronger than he is. 
And Corey's like, why does that matter? He's like, well, because Sean wouldn't be able to pick you up for the he's a jolly good fellow dance. And Corey's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, here, let me show you. And for some reason, Corey has an altar of candles on his nightstand <laughs> right, right up against a curtain. Which I tell our kids all the time. If they're going to light a candle, there can't be anything near it that could fall into it. Or blow into it. Or whatever. And... Eric picks Corey up and starts swinging him around and singing for He's a Jolly Good Fellow. And they kick the candles over and it lights the curtains on fire and then they freak out. And then out of nowhere, the fire department comes and axes down the down the door. <laughs> and then they fight. Yeah, that axes down the door all while Eric is still screaming or sing scream singing mm-hmm. for he's a jolly good fellow or like the dorm room is on fire. Yeah. And Corey goes, and you're an idiot. And he goes, which nobody can deny. And then they fight. And scene. So um, we go to the interview thing. And Corey's like, no, Sean is the best man. And he's like freaking out about it. And then he goes, all right, you talk. I just ripped a hole in my pancreas. (laughs) (laughs) But then... Uh, We cut to the living room, right? And because that's where Alan is saying, really? You chose Sean over your blood? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. You chose Sean over your blood? Yeah. You're dead to me. And Corey goes, mom, dad just said he's... I'm dead to him. And she goes, what? No. And Alan says he chose uh, Sean over Eric. And Amy goes, you're scum. And Eric is sitting there Mm -hmm. in the chair. And they do this whole thing where, like, where Alan talks about how, you know, he and Amy got married. And then they had Eric. And they were a little family. And all Eric ever wanted was a little brother. So then they gave him a little brother. And it was Corey. And they were there so that they could help each other through life. And... Then Corey's like, okay, Eric's the best man. So Eric comes over to Corey and a whole bunch of stuff happens. And well, frankly, oh, he lights lights a a sparkler. sparkler And Corey goes, here we go. Watch this. And he lights the sparkler. It burns his finger. He throws it. The house catches on fire. And Alan goes, never mind, you're out. And everyone's laughing and laughing and laughing about all of this fire everywhere. Yep. So... So then we go to the apartment mm-hmm. where Amy and Morgan are sitting in the living room of the apartment and they're waiting for Topanga to come down. Topanga comes out and she's wearing a very, 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 very old wedding dress and the weirdest veil I've ever seen in my life. The wedding dress itself, love it. I love that dress. But the, the veil, piece, yeah. Oh my, well, I hate veils anyway, but that veil was terrible. Um, and she's like, I cannot, I cannot wear this. And Amy's like, oh, this has been passed down from generation to generation. You already have the ring that's been passed down from generation to generation. And this dress has been passed down since the Civil War, which frankly would go very well with a Gone with the Wind theme if it was passed down since the Civil War, right? And Morgan looks up. And goes, um, you know, you know what, Mom? You're right. Topanga, that is the most beautiful dress. Um, and uh, 
Amy's like, oh, you think so, Morgan? And Morgan goes, yeah, Topanga really deserves this. Um, so then we go back to the interview where Topanga's like, I will not wear, I cannot wear that dress. And then... I think she says, I, I can't wear the same dress that Nana Boo Boo wore. And Corey's like, Nana Boo Boo. He goes, Nana Boo Boo, I miss Nana Boo Boo. Wait, is Nana Boo Boo dead? And Topanga <laughs> goes, no. <laughs> uh, and then we go, we cut to the wedding hall. Yeah, so they decided that they were going to hire um, a a wedding planner. Mm -hmm. So they're at the wedding hall. The wedding planner who's giving big Dolores Umbridge vibes with the way she talks, like, so much. She's just like, okay, you were very smart for for hiring us. And and she starts, she's like, okay, so um, your guest list is very high. And... I know it says it seats 80, but really we can only do like 67. With with the theme that the bride has chosen. Is that because the dresses are so big? I I don't know, I guess. I don't know. But as she's talking, like Amy and Alan come rushing in. They're like, oh my gosh, did we miss anything? And Alan's just like, ha ha ha, we can't miss much because my uh, wallet doesn't feel any lighter. And, um, And so she's like, okay, all right. So we were just talking about the guest list. Now we need to talk about music choices. You gave me your budget and based on your very meager budget, these are the people I've got for you. And it shows like this like ragtag group of different musicians, like half of them drinking alcohol while they're waiting. Um, There's like Elvis impersonators. I don't know. And uh, Alan goes, don't worry, son, I got you covered. And there's like this badass jazz flute. Not flute. Uh, trumpet. Trumpet. That comes waltzing in, and it's Feeny in a, in a like, a fedora. fedora? Feeny in a fedora. Feeny in a fedora playing the trumpet. I wish it was a flute, because then that would have been three Fs. Yeah. Anyway. Um, and he says, he's in a jazz band? He How says, does he even have time? He teaches an entire college. Well, and he never, like, he always acts like he doesn't have any friends. But he's in a band. I think you can be in a band and not be friends with the people you're in a band with. That's true, I guess. Um, But all that aside, Alan says, we can use Feeny for free. And Topanga's eye is twitching. And all of a sudden, the wedding planner, whose name is Judy. Hold on. Judy Haberfield. Is it Haberfeld? Haberfeld. Oh, Haberfeld. Yeah. Okay. Judy Haberfeld, and she's just like, George? George Feeney? It's me. He's not looking up, and he's like, oh, God. And he's like, puts his head down, and she's like, George? And for some reason, the crowd woos when uh, she's like, George? George Feeney? And the, like, audience is like, woo! And then what happens? And then he's like, oh, you know how I said I was uh, in espionage? Um, and he starts making, like, phone noises well, and says, looks at his watch. He's trying to make excuses for why he never called her back. Uh-huh. And then, yeah, he goes, uh, yeah, I'm, I, you know, it's top top secret. I can't really talk about it. Bring, bring, bring. And then he pulls up his watch and he's like, uh, yes, chief? <laughs> North Korea? Okay, I'll be right there and like bolts out the door. And then Sean walks in and he's like, oh, Feeney was just jumping over the wall and right into the pool. And uh, 
the the wedding planner goes, oh, hello, who are you? I'm Judy Haberfeld. And Sean goes, that's the name he was screaming. <laughs> and so then Sean is like, I have a gift for you. I know this has been really stressful for you guys, but I have a gift for you, ladies. And in file, three very militant bridesmaids in their bridesmaids' dresses, Rachel, Angela, and Morgan all come in and... Sean's just like, and what do you want to tell Topanga? And Rachel's like, this dress is very beautiful. I love it very much. I love this dress very much. And then she like steps back and Sean's like, Angela. And Angela comes forward and she's like, this dress is very beautiful. I feel very pretty in it. I feel like a Georgia peach. And she steps back. And then Sean's like, okay, Morgan, it's your turn. And Morgan comes up and she's like, this dress. And she's like, your friends lied to you. This dress is terrible. I hate it so much. Uh, Sean paid us $50 each to do this. But I wouldn't use this dress to wipe my own. At And then Alan grabs her and pulls her away. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Eric and Jack come to the door of the reception hall and Eric is wearing a like black Zorro cape and Mm -hmm. Jack is like, this is a bad idea, man. You can't do this. And Eric's like, no, no, I got this. Like I am going to prove that like, I don't have to be the best man. I'm going to be the groom. And he like comes into the room and takes off his cape. He also says, be quiet, half breed. I, I wasn't going to say that. But I'm confused by what he was trying to say by that. Was he? Was it like a Harry Potter joke? No, absolutely not. Or was not. he joking about the fact that he's only half in the family? That. Oh. Yeah, that was awful, Eric. Yeah. But whatever. Um, Eric says more awful things, so let's go. So Eric comes in, takes off his cape, and he's wearing like a Hugh Hefner house coat and like goes to Panga. Uh, I know you've always been in love with me and um, I shouldn't be the best man. I should be the groom. And he gets down on one knee and he's like, marry me so we can make Nick Nick. And he says, I've, I know that I've loved you since the moment I saw you through that peephole in the bathroom. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, This is some euphoria shit. Yeah. Anyway, so now we go back to the black screen and Corey and Topanga are talking, and they're like, we just, um, not, we're just not sure that with all of this going on, uh, we're going to survive until the wedding in June. You people have turned this into a freak show. And then it cuts to, it, the curtain disappears. Well, like, it's like the lights come up. Yeah, and now they're in the living room on the couch. With everyone around them. And Mr. Feeney looks at them and he goes, okay, sure, but one question uh, are you actually going to go through well, with it? because they say we're getting married next week. Oh, yeah, yeah, Here yeah. with our closest family and friends. So yeah. the Matthews are going to have another wedding in their living room. Why they didn't just do that to begin with, they know it works. Mr. Feeney fits so many people in that living room for his wedding. But Mr. Feeney says, one question, are you actually going to go through with it this time? burn mr feeney i know damn that jazz band's gotten to your head so then the episode's over we go to the credit scene where Corey and topanga are telling us 
to tune in next Friday to be a part of their wedding and to RSVP at CoreyAndTopanga.com. And goodness, what a moment. Like, people did that. And yes. And it was a, like they were breaking the fourth wall. They were telling, they were talking to the audience, go to CoreyAndTopanga.com, which it does not exist anymore. But I was able to pull it up on the Wayback Machine. Uh-huh. And it's just like a picture of them. Um, it's uh, got a very weird, like it's got a bad, like they spent like eight minutes on this. They need Finley to code it for them. They've got a video hello, uh, a photo album, and a, a tab that says choices, choices. What's that do? Oh, it says, um, where should we have the wedding? In Corey's house, in a hotel, or outside in a garden? Uh, outside in a garden, obviously. Why is no one having weddings in Feeney's yard? <laughs> That's funny. Anyway, so join us next week when we all attend Corey and Topanga's wedding. Uh, yeah, I much, I much more look forward to that, just because at least it's a thing that's new. <laughs> um, Tanya. Yes. How did you feel about this episode? Um... It's not in my top 100. Okay. Okay. Um, there are some really hilarious moments. Mm-hmm. And we got lots of Morgan, thank God. Because without Morgan, I think this episode would be insufferable. But we but. did get lots of Morgan. And she was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I don't understand the ugly bridesmaids dress trope. Yeah. Like, why is that a thing that's done? No one would have picked those dresses, especially a 19-year-old. Yeah. A 19-year-old would not have picked those dresses. A 19-year-old wouldn't have picked any of the clothes that Topanga's been wearing lately. Like, what is happening? Um, There isn't much to go into with this one. Eric's terrible. This was the worst of the dumbening that I've seen so far. Like, they're... Every time we've seen, like, a dumbening of Eric, there has been something in there that's like, oh, but this was good. Like, he still has his good heart or whatever, and there was nothing here. Um, Mr. Feeney's espionage scene was hilarious, uh, but otherwise, it wasn't great. I mean, Corey was really funny. So that's how I felt about it. How did you feel about this episode? I should have gone first because I'm just going to say all the same stuff. Like, Corey was really funny in it. Uh, Morgan was fantastic. Um, Feeney's scene was hilarious. But overall, the episode was just forgettable. Like, it wasn't even awful. It was just, like, what are we doing here? It was just a promo for the wedding episode. Right. And it was poorly done written like so poorly the, the way it was jumping back and forth like it was just not put together well none of the characters had the characteristics that they were supposed to have at all yeah it was it was not good it was um like i said like it wasn't terrible the only terrible part about it was eric's nonsense and uh, admitting to peeping on her like that's so far out of eric's character mm-hmm. um i don't know um like he's always been a horny dude but he's not been a like 
Flair. Um, yeah. Uh, it's so. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's boring, uh, and this is the most boring episode we've ever done because this episode was so boring. It was and, very boring, and we've seen the back and forth about Corey and Topanga's wedding so much, uh, and and this was just more of it, and then done worse than we've seen it. I do wonder if it's one of those things where they were like, all right, most of the people who are watching this show, the teenagers who are watching this show, have never and won't for a while plan a wedding or do anything like that. So we need to like try to make this like appealing to our demographic by making it stupid. And that's where they went wrong because Boy Meets World in the past has done a really good job of not talking down to its demographic. This episode, I felt like, was them talking down to their demographic. Well, I think, and I think what really happened probably in this this moment is they had written these episodes, and they had been planning for this June wedding this whole time. Mm -hmm. My guess is they were building it to the end of the season. Mm -hmm. Um, And they were going to have it at the end of the season. And then they get word, hey, you're not coming back for next season. And they were like, oh... And ABC goes, we need you to do the wedding now. We need ratings, whatever. We need to do it early. And they said, okay. And and then ABC comes back and says, and you have to do a whole episode promoting it. And then they threw this together. Yeah. And poorly. Yeah. But, I mean, like I said, it's not a terrible episode. I wouldn't rank it in the top or the bottom. Um, but it, it ranks... It ranks, it doesn't even rank. It doesn't rank. It doesn't make the list. It doesn't make the top or bottom list. It falls in the boring in between. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I feel like we should have talked more about Euphoria. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. Um, all right. So, Tanya. Yes. Tell people where they can find us. All right. You can tweet at us on Twitter at BMG and BMW. You can email us at BMG and BMW at gmail.com. And you can join our Facebook group. Just type in Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World into the search bar. You'll get approved. And then you can chat about this episode in particular because if maybe we were missing something that was, like, really good about it, let us know. Because, like, I don't... I felt like I was watching a commercial the whole time. Well, yeah, I was going to say that. This is going to be one of our shorter episodes. And... It's because there's literally nothing to say about this episode. If if you have something to say about it, please do. Yeah. Uh, let us know your thoughts on it. But um, I would love to have a reason to think better of this episode. Yeah, which happens. Like, you know, there are definitely times where, like, our opinions are, you know, colored by, you know, something that's happened to us in real life or whatever. And then we get in the group and someone's like, well, I really like this episode because, and they'll point something out that I didn't realize because I was distracted by something else that had bothered me. And that happens a lot. And it's always nice to have that turned around. And then I can like look fondly at that episode. So like, I would love it if someone did that with this one. Yeah, I just don't think it's there in this one. Like, I think there are plenty of episodes where we're like, oh, I didn't like it. It was bad. But there's things to talk about. Like, I feel like in this episode, it's just like, boom, 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 boom. What happened? Nothing. Yeah, I look forward to seeing, like, Joe's review 
of this episode because he always like breaks it down with like a like a scene by scene and puts in his like thing like oh when this happens this is what i liked about it oh when this happened this is what i liked about it and it's like a really quick like oh yeah that part like i love that oh we could talk about episode two of the kanye west documentary no you no 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 <laughs> um yeah we could talk about that in the facebook group though all right uh, anything else you want to say before we go? No, just thanks for listening, especially to this one. Yeah. Uh, thank you for joining us for this very short Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World Season 7, Episode 6. Do good. Class dismissed. <laughs>